All right. Amen, guys. Um, last week in this series, Gospel Partners, and uh, we started last week talking about what this partnership looks like this morning. We're going to kind of finish putting all the, all the bow on that and uh, really, really important stuff. I'm going to ask you for two favors. One, if you have a Bible, uh, open it up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 14. Um, second is uh, we'd love for you to have a bulletin of, of some type. If you didn't get one of these when you come in, if you do have one of these, uh, you can open it up. There's fill-in-the-blank sermon notes and some questions for discussion. Those will be really important today. Uh, but also, we have a digital bulletin. And um, again, uh, open up the camera app on your phone, point it at that QR code up on the screen, and uh, it'll help you uh, find some notes. Why do we take notes? Because worship is a participatory sport. Uh, when we sing, we sing. When we pray, we pray. When we give, we give. And when we study God's Word, we actually study it. And so it's really important we do those things. So I'm going to pray. As uh, you get situated and prepared to study God's Word with me, Father, um, be glorified in all that we think and say and do this morning. Holy Spirit, be welcome in this place. You are the teacher of this church. Come and take your place in our pulpit and lift up Jesus in our midst, that we might see Jesus more clearly than ever before, that we might understand what He's done for us and what He's calling us to do. And we ask these things in Jesus Christ's holy, powerful, and precious name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've done it for three weeks. Here's week four. I said we'd read the same passage for four weeks. We are. I'm in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 14. And uh, it says this. It says, For the love of Christ compels us. Since we've reached this conclusion, if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. From now on, then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. Even if we have known Christ from a worldly perspective, yet we now no longer know Him in this way. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Everything, all of this is from God, who has reconciled us to Himself through Christ, and He has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed the message of reconciliation to us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making his appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And there's three things I'm going to share with you on this last week end uh, this series, and uh, here's the first. I want you to know that a huge part of our new life in Christ is our new role as ambassadors, okay? A, a huge part of our new life in Christ, since we're a new creation, so a huge part of this new life in Christ is our role as what the text says are ambassadors for Christ, ambassadors, right? And, and so we get that in, in verse 20, therefore... We are ambassadors for Christ. Since God is making His appeal through us, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And, and that word ambassador, it means exactly what we think it means. It, it, it's an official representative, uh, right? Uh, the U.S. has many ambassadors across the globe. And so if you were to go uh, to Europe and say, hey, we're going to go to France. France has a U.S. ambassador. It's somebody that lives in France, but they represent 
us here from the U.S., our, our, our desires and our wants and our beliefs, right? They're, they're an official representative. And, and the Bible says that when we come into a relationship with Christ, that we're given a new role in the kingdom of God, and that role is to be just that, to be an official representative for Jesus, right? Uh, an official representative for Jesus. And, and I also want you to notice how that verse starts. The very first word. Can you guys say that out loud for me? Therefore, right? Therefore, that means that there's, so it says, therefore, we are ambassadors. Well, that mean, that, that's a purposeful statement. There's a reason that we've become ambassadors. So we have to go back and figure out what, what qualifies us uniquely to be these ambassadors. And if we go back just a few verses, verse 17 and 18, this is what has happened. It says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. It says everything, all of this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And here's what I'm trying to say to you is, is you and I are uniquely qualified, gifted, saved uh, by God in order to do this. This is the purpose in it all. Uh, that we are saved by God, we've, we've been reconciled to God through Jesus, and if you've been reconciled, you therefore are an ambassador. It, it's hand in hand. It's not like, hey, I met Jesus, um, but nope, not my job. Uh, no, no, therefore, because you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, therefore, because He has taken your sins upon Himself, therefore, because He has imputed unto you all of His righteousness, He took all His eternal goodness and deposited it in your account forever, therefore, you now represent Him to the world, and, and your new job as a representative is to tell others that they should experience the same thing that you have experienced in Jesus, which is new life. Right? Okay? So, so this is huge. A huge part of our new life in Christ is our new role as His ambassadors. What's the qualifier for it? That you've been reconciled to God. That's it. It's not that you know the whole Bible. Okay, can I tell you a statistic? It's going to shock you. Do you know the Christians that are most effective at evangelism? Do you know which ones they are? They're the ones that just got saved. Period. Do you know that the longer people are in church, the less likely they are to share their faith? That's jacked up. Right? You mean the more that we know about the Bible and more we know about God, the less we share? That's what statistics say. That's, that's ridiculous. The, the, the best evangelizers in our world are people that are new to the face. Pe people that just recommitted their life. People that just got saved. They are the best evangelizers in the world today. And there's a reason for that because there's only one qualifier for being a minister of reconciliation and that's that you have been reconciled. That's it. That's all it takes. You say, but I don't know very much. You know what happened to you. <laughs> Here's all I know, man. I, I was lost and, and I was alone and, and I prayed and, and I just, I know that Jesus forgave me. I feel it. It's different. And now when I pray, it, it, it's, it's like I, I, I just have the sense in me that He is indeed listening and my life is changing and I, I can't explain it without Him. That's your story, right? And you know it. So a huge part of our new life in Christ is our new role as His ambassadors. Being an ambassador for Christ, second point, means that we work with God to plead with others to be reconciled to God, right? Being, ambassador, uh, being an ambassador for Christ means that we work with God to plead with others that they be reconciled to God. And I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor, uh, we've read this for four weeks. I don't see that in the text anywhere. And there's a reason for that. I've been holding out on you. For real. 
For four weeks I've been holding out on you. So can I show you where the passage says this? It's going to rock your world. Ready? This is great. Turn the page. I mean it. Chapter 6, verse 1. All right, you stopped in chapter 5. That's not really how the Bible works. Same conversation continuing now into chapter 6. Chapter 6, verse 1. Working together with him. Like, what does it mean to be a minister of reconciliation? What does it mean to be an ambassador for Christ? Well, it means that you're working together with him. Right? That's what it means. So working together with him, we also appeal to you, uh, don't receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at an acceptable time I listened to you. And in the day of salvation I helped you. And listen to Paul's argument, this last little statement here. He says, see, now is that acceptable time. Now, right now, is the day of salvation. Right? That uh, phrase, working together with him, that I have highlighted on the screen, the, the Greek word, uh, for that phrase, is actually the word from which we get our English word synergy. Synergy. It means to be in complete cooperation and step with God uh, in, in His cosmic plan of salvation, right? We're, we're in synergy with God. We're, we're in step with God. We're, we're on the same page with God. We're, we're, we're in the same mission with God. We have the same heart as, as God. It's beating after the same things as God uh, in His mission of salvation for the lost, right? Synergy. And, and here's what we're cooperating with God to do. It's in verse 20. Therefore, we're as ambassadors in Christ. This is our cooperation. God's making His appeal through us. What are we doing? Ready? We plead on Christ's behalf. We plead on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. Now that word plead uh, can mean appeal but the best translation for that word, I'm, I'm not here to offend you, uh, but it, it is beg. It's the, that's the, that is the best translation of that word. We, we beg with others to be reconciled to God. We, we beg. And, and if you wonder whether or not that's important, in, in again, the next chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 1, we have the same thing. Working together with Him, what do we do? We also appeal. It's the same word in the Greek. We beg. We beg you. Get right with God. And, and, and you may think, well, why, why does God use such strong language? Why, why would God tell us, right? Hey, I've saved you. Now you're a beggar for me. And you go, what? That just doesn't seem... Like, 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 why do you want me to beg, God? Why is it so important? And here's why it's important. It, it's verse, verse 2. It's important because now we're living under a season of grace, but time is running out. Right? Time is, is running out. Verse 2, he says, At an acceptable time I listened to you. This is God speaking in the Old Testament. And in the day of salvation I helped you. Paul's quoting this. He says, see, now is the acceptable time. In other words, a time is coming where it will no longer be acceptable. If you get to the Gospels in Matthew chapter 25. So I, let me explain that, just what, where we are, guys. We are living... Uh, Jesus ascended into heaven. He sent the Holy Spirit. He empowered us to be his messengers to a lost world. And he sent us out. And he said, hey, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. So this is like the, the, the last greatest commandment uh, or, or commission. This is what we're called to do. So we're commissioned to go do this, right? And, and, and listen, uh, 
this is the expectation that we're all ministers of reconciliation. So God is speaking through us. We're begging with people that they get right with Jesus. And the reason we're begging is because we are living under a season of grace. That anyone who believes in Jesus can be saved right now. But do you know that when Jesus comes back, if you study the Bible, Matthew 25, so it's actually in your discussion questions, you go home and you, you can read Matthew 25. Now you can read Matthew 25, the section I've highlighted, and you can get kind of off in the weeds and, because it talks about uh, what you've done for the least of these, you've done for me, and, and that's fine, and we can discuss that later. But the part of it I want you to focus on is that when Jesus returns, grace ends. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back to judge the world. And in Matthew 25, it says that he's going to separate all those that know him on one side and all those that don't on the other. And, and those that know him are going to be with him forever and those that don't are going to be separated from God forever. That when he comes back, there's not, a, there's not another moment. And so Paul says, now's the time! Right? And I'm telling you, you better beg people to think about their life with God. You better beg people. It is of uttermost importance because it's not like Jesus is going to show up through the clouds and everybody's going to be like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, wow, he's really, he really came back. And they're, they're going to have a moment to go, oh, I'm so sorry. And now I believe. Because that's not faith. Faith is believing in what you don't see. When Jesus comes back, Y'all, he's coming back and there's going to be a great separation. So what do we do now? Now we beg. I mean, I am begging you, consider your life. I'm begging you, consider God. I'm begging you, what if you are wrong and the Bible is right? I am begging you to consider what could happen, right? And so we beg. We beg. Which brings me to the last point. What is this message <laughs> that we're delivering? It's that Jesus is the only way someone can be right with God. But that he is available to all who believe. Our message is that Jesus is the only way someone can be right with God, but that he is available to all believe. This is so huge, it's so important, this last point. How can someone be right with God? According to our text, there's only one way. And, and so I'm, if you have your Bibles, just again, 2 Corinthians 5. Um, so let, let's just kind of walk through it. So, so verse 17, therefore, if anyone is... In Christ, he's a new creation. That, that, it says, in Christ. And then, and then skip to, to verse 18. Everything is from God who has reconciled to, uh, us to himself. So God reconciled us to, him, to himself how? It says, through Christ. Okay? So new creation can only happen in Christ. I can only be reconciled to God through Christ. Uh, verse 19, uh, that is, in Christ... That's in Christ again. There's, there's no other uh, way here, no other option. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. Verse 21, then, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us, so that in Him, the one Jesus, in Him, Jesus Christ. There's only one way that we can be made right with God. Right? We, we've talked about this for the last month. There's only one person who lived the law perfectly. That was Jesus. And he did so, so that he could, right? Remember atonement, it's, it's cover your sin. But then he died on the cross. He paid the debt of sin uh, for your sake. So he could cancel your debt. But then he didn't just do that. All of his righteousness, which is eternal, he then deposited into your heavenly account. That's why we're called new creations, even though we struggle here in the flesh. It's a heavenly declaration. We still have a worldly fight. 
And he's done all this through you, and therefore he is the only way by which we can be saved. That's why when Jesus was here on earth, he said this in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way. He didn't say, I am one way. He didn't say, I am an option. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And then get the next statement. No one comes to the Father except through me. Because of who Jesus is uniquely and what he has done, he is the only way somebody can be made right with God. That is what the Bible declares. Now listen to me. I know how that sounds. That sounds super exclusive, doesn't it? Like, oh my gosh, I can't, I, how, how could you dare say that there's only one way? Well, because the Bible says so. Because there's nobody else uniquely qualified. But I think you might be missing the point. Because if you read Matthew 25, and you hear that judgment is coming, the best way that I could describe that is that there was a fire in this building, and every door had been locked from the outside. Somebody was trying to kill us all. And then all of a sudden I realized, wait a second, we found one. There's a door that's open. Would you guys really be standing by your door going, I am not leaving unless I can go through this one. I refuse. Y'all, I've been in fire. It ain't fun. Right? Run. You would run to that door. You would thank God that there was a door, that there was a way. The Bible says there is only one way, but get this. It says that way is for everyone. It's not exclusive. It's literally for everyone. Look at the text with me, right? We'll throw it up on the screen. Go to the next one. There we go. That is in Christ, God was reconciling what? The world. The world. The next one. Okay, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Romans 10 says it this way. Uh, It says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is only one way that we can be made right with God. But anyone can be made right with God. Even you. Even me. Isn't that awesome? That's, that's, that's good news. That's good, good news. And so what do we do? Well, I've got a question for you this morning because some of you have been here now. This is your fourth week in a row. So here's my question. Ready? What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Right? Application point, first and foremost, be reconciled to God by believing in Jesus today. Today, what, what, what are you waiting for? You, you've heard today, there's a way that you could be made right with God. You, and you know you. I don't have to know you, you know you. You know that you're not perfect. You know that you've sinned. We all have. It, we, the, the wage of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Okay? And so I, I just have a question for you this morning is what are you waiting on? So uh, I'm, I'm, I don't do this a lot. I'm going to do it this morning. I just want you where you are just for a moment. Just bow your head. Um, I'm not asking anybody to come forward. I just bow your head so nobody's looking around because I've got to ask this question and it's kind of got to set where it is. So you're not looking at me. If I see your eyes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot you a dirty look. You're not supposed to be looking. You're supposed to be looking down. All right? Closing eyes, head down. But when I say, what are you waiting on? I want to know today. I want to know today. Right? Now is the acceptable time, the text says. Now. When Jesus comes back, and we don't know when that is, it's all about judgment. But now is a period of grace. If today you would say, I want to become a child of God today, I need that. Would you just raise your hand? Nobody's looking around. Nobody's looking at you, but you just raise your hand. Just keep it up. I need to be a child of God. I need to get right with God. Just raise your hand. Okay? Awesome. I need to get right with God. Right? I need to to be a child of God. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. 
Okay, we're just going to pray. Now listen, if you've prayed that prayer before, okay, you can't lose your salvation. That's not how that works. All right? So if, you've already, if you're already a Christian, you don't have to say, Jesus, come into my life. You, you're just going to say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. But if you have never been made right with God by accepting that His Son died in your place, then today is the acceptable time. And here's what we're going to pray. You're just going to pray right where you are. Say, dear Jesus, would you come into my life right now? Forgive me of my sins. Take control. Please, God, I need you. Change me from the inside out. Amen. Super simple prayer. Now, some of you prayed that. You prayed it for the first time. You meant it. You need to talk to somebody about it. Okay? Keeping that quiet to yourself, not healthy, not good. Um, The devil is real, y'all. And he will attack you. And he will make you question that. And so you need to talk to somebody that can confirm what happened. They can, they can teach you some basics about what to do now. Hey, we can pray uh, now. We, this is, this is where, how you read your Bible now. And we'll talk to you about baptism now. Like those things are, are real. So you've got to talk to somebody about that follow-up. So listen, if you are a student, I love you guys. Um, you are going to talk to your student leaders after we dismiss. Okay? There's actually a point in the conversation you can talk to them about this. It's in the discussion questions. If you are an adult, you're going to come talk to me at the end of service. You're an adult that said, hey, I need Jesus to forgive me. I want to become a child of God. You're going to come see me. Okay? And, and listen, if you haven't done it yet, but you're thinking I want to do it, again, here's why. Now is the acceptable time today. I cannot tell you when Jesus is coming back. Guys, it could be in 30 minutes, it could be in 30 years, it could be in 300 years. I do not know. And the Bible doesn't tell us either. It says it's going to be a day and an hour unknown. But when he comes back, that's when judgment begins. That's when grace ends. So now, while we're living under a season of grace, man, accept the gift of God in Jesus. Just say, yeah, Jesus, man, woo, I want that. Let's go, right? Let's go. Okay, uh, second thing I want to challenge you uh, is I really want to challenge you to start thinking about others through the lens of eternity. All right? I, I want to challenge you to start thinking about others through the lens of eternity. And so there's a verse in here. I, I don't know if you caught it. It was kind of early on in our text in chapter 5. Um, but I'll let you fill in the blank. And then, and then uh, here it is. But 2 Corinthians 5.16, it says, From now on then, we do not know anyone from a worldly perspective. What is that talking about? Here's what it's saying. It's saying, hey, I get it. I'm living under a window of grace. I have been saved by the grace of God through my faith in Christ. And and I am now a minister of reconciliation. And I've got a window to share Jesus with people. So I don't think about people anymore through a worldly perspective. When I see them, I think, do they know the Lord? Do they know the Lord? Can I share the Lord? Can I talk to them about the Lord? Our whole life, the reason that we exist, now changes. And it's not that that's all we talk to people about, but it's that we love people, we get to know people, we invest our lives in people so that we can talk to them about Jesus because now is the time. This is the, the moment, the season of grace. And so our whole lives, we, we, don't, we don't worry about, uh, I'm trying to be popular and I'm worried about fitting in or I'm worried they're going to reject me. Listen, they probably already rejected you and they just didn't tell you yet. Okay? Alright? That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is that eternity is coming. And without Christ, people will be separated from God forever. And so, yeah, sign me up for embarrassment 101. Let's go. Right? I mean it. Somebody want to spit in my face? Cool, they did it to Jesus. Let's go. 
right? You want to you nail me to a cross? Okay, we can do that too. Because I know whom I have believed in. And I'm sure that he is able. Okay? He is able to use little old me, and he is able to use little old you, because he has equipped us for this cause. You are part of God's cosmic plan of salvation. Can you let that sink in? You. That you look in the mirror, you don't think you amount to much, and God says, oh no, darling, you got it wrong. You are my chosen vehicle for the gospel. Let's go. You're special. You're anointed. You have purpose. Right? Man, we got to start buying into that. we got to start being these people that God has called us to be, which is the last thing, y'all, is, is then we just got to get to work. we got to get to work. Can I, can I speak to my older Christians for a moment? Um, y'all, I get it. Listen, I know. Uh, when I first received Christ, I, I couldn't shut up. I, I literally, I got saved. I came home from camp, and I'd, I'd been a little religious before because I dated a girl that was a Christian. I thought I had Jesus through, uh, I don't know, uh, osmosis. I don't know how that worked. But she, she knew Jesus. I thought, I'm woo! She told me to get baptized. I got baptized. I did not know Jesus. Uh, I was just wet. And then I went to Bible studies like later after college, after some rebellion. And, and man, they were like, you're a good teacher. You should teach. So I'm teaching people about Jesus. I don't have a personal relationship with him, right? And then somebody goes, hey, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, if he were to come back today, you'd be separated, right? And all the people that know Jesus be over here and all the ones without be over there. And I was like, I'd be in the wrong camp. I need Jesus, right? And I gave my life to Christ and, and I came back from that experience and I just couldn't shut up. I'm dry, I would drive around and y'all, we didn't really have cell phones back then. I know that is hard to imagine, okay? We didn't. We had these things called pagers and we had quarters and there were pay phones at gas stations. I know, it's a long story, okay? And um, I, I, I remember just driving around, and I'd be driving around, and God would put somebody on my heart, and I would stop. I'd be like late to work because I would drive over to so-and-so's house and be like, hey, I need to tell you what God has done in my life. And they're like, whoa, dude, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. And I'm like, blah, 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 and just like, you know, spiritual throw up on them. It was awesome. And, uh, and man, I had people in my life who were coming to know Christ, left and right, left and right, right? Um, because I was on fire. Most people... That, that are ministers of reconciliation, that do it well, that take it seriously, are younger in their faith. So older folks who know more, we are broken. We've bought the lie that more knowledge leads to better faith. We, we've believed that if we know enough theology, uh, that we're going to get it all right. Yet the more theology we, we know and study, the less we actually share Christ with others. That is what statistics say. You better let that eat on your spirit all week. Because if you think that just learning more about God is working, it is not. It is growing, but it is not working. The work is to go share what we know with everyone, not to look at them through worldly perspective, but to look at them through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do you know how a church grows? It's not because a pastor can speak well or a worship team can play well. It's not because a building looks good or has enough parking. Those things help. Do you know how a church grows? Because the people that make up the church get with the mission of God and understand that they have been saved by God's grace, that they have been empowered and anointed by God to go out and be ministers of reconciliation. Your church only has a few pastors, but we are all ministers of reconciliation. Get to work. Talk to people about God. Invite them to church. Fill up your class. Fill up your pew. Fill up your car. 
man, we, we've got to. That's the call. That's the call. So I, I want to pray for us, and then uh, we've got a few uh, things to do. Um, last Sunday was supposed to be our Give Big Sunday. Um, Give Big, y'all, you're like, what is Give Big? Give Big is an opportunity to help us pay down. Uh, this is where it's, it's, it's heading, hopefully, uh, is to help us pay down a debt on the building. It's like, think of it like principal payments, you know, kind of thing. So we ask people to give above and beyond, and, uh, and then we, we take that money and apply it to, uh, to, to the debt service for this building. So that's above and beyond a tithe. Um, we're not asking you to give that same tithe amount. We're just asking you to pray about what you can give. Um, and again, that, that is totally between you and the Lord. Um, but I'm going to pray, and then we're going to have that on the screen just for a few seconds before Miss Catherine comes and does announcements. Father, thanks for loving us. Um, I pray for every person that raised their hand and said they wanted a relationship with you, that that would be genuine and true and life-changing, eternity-shaking today. That, that literally, because one person even was serious about it, uh, one student, this, their, their, whole, their whole grade is going to change. Their whole team is going to change. One student, right? Because of one adult, their whole block is going to change. It's going to start in, in, in their house as they share Christ with their loved ones, their dearest, and then it's going to spread to their neighbors and then to the friends down the street and across the street. And God, you're going to do such a work in us as we submit to working with you as we plead with others to be reconciled to God. That is our mission. Make us aware of it. Help us live for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.